Welcome to the Do Life Different podcast by 1128 Community. My name is Mike, and I'm the lead pastor at 1128 Community Church in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Today, I'm joined by Nikki Shabo. Hey, hey, hey. Nikki was with us uh, like five or six weeks ago, I think. Yeah, it's been a while, though. Um, yeah, and that was, that was uh, we were talking about, what? I can't even remember what we talked about then. We were talking about stewardship. Stewardship? I don't know. We talked about something very memorable. Uh, and uh, and so we said at that time that we wanted to have Nikki on again. Um, so we're, we're bringing her back. Here I am. And hopefully we'll include Nikki quite a bit over the summer because we just launched a series called Postcards from Paul, where we are looking at letters Paul wrote to uh, different churches and to friends, uh, most prolific writer in the New Testament, right? Definitely. And, and we talked last week, Ryan and I, about Paul, who Paul was, kind of his history and, and where he came from, his, his moment of transformation. And, and so we kind of know a little bit about Paul. And those of us that have any experience in a church, maybe we've learned about Paul in like Sunday school. Uh, but what are some of the things that maybe we don't know or that we easily forget about Paul? Well, for starters, let me just say that Paul is an absolute beast. And, <laughs> you know, he his transformation led him to write an overwhelming majority of the New Testament. And I would say that he is probably the most influential aside from Jesus in Christian life as we know it because mm. of these letters. But, you know, Jesus wasn't the only one that raised someone from the dead. Paul actually raised someone from the dead after inadvertently killing him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those inadvertently. <laughs> inadvertently. You know those sermons that go forever and, like, you kind of, the pastor drones on and you're like, Lord, the game's about to be on. I want to go <laughs> see it. So Paul was talking for hours and hours, right? Sun up to sundown type thing and someone actually fell out of a window in an upper room and died and Paul brought him back to life. Paul was also known for upsetting townsfolk when he cast a demon out of a girl that allowed her to tell the future and the owner her her owner was upset because this woman was making him a lot of money. So Paul, you know, he shook things up. He was bit by a snake one time and nothing happened to him and people started worshiping him. And this is where we see the humility of Paul because when they were worshiping him, he was like, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. It's not me that's doing these things. It's Christ yeah. in me yeah. that's doing these things. And that's that's one of the greatest aspects of Paul, I think, is that even though he was gifted with the ability to perform miracles, he still remembered where he stood in Christ. Yeah. Uh, you said right there at the start of that that little piece that you uh, you put together for us, that Paul was a beast. <laughs> yeah. Give me help me help me understand like what what do you mean by that? Like he knew who God was, he knew who Christ was, and he knew what his call was. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of times he was called to deliver pretty harsh words to some of his right. churches. And he never really shrunk from that. And aside from, you know, performing the miracles, he was beaten, he was imprisoned, and it none of it stopped him. Yeah. He just kept going forward into what God called him to do. And I mean, he had been a murderer, 
So we already know that like he had persecuted Christians right. and that zeal that he had that was misguided, God completely took it and transformed it into something else. Yeah. And and I think it's interesting because you know, I know your story, people at 1128 know parts of your story and and there's a lot more to that story, but you kind of relate in some ways, right? Like with the locked up part uh, but even just what you said there about like the the zeal and the energy towards persecuting Christians and how that was transformed, like how do you personally connect with Paul? So I can definitely relate to Paul in the fact that like anything that I do, I do it 100%. And if I'm wrong, I'm 100% wrong. And that's just <laughs> what it is, right? But I went, I was incarcerated for seven years. And while Paul was incarcerated for doing good things, I was incarcerated because of the consequences of my actions. But during that time when I had my come to God moment and he just kind of sat me down like, listen, I created you and this is not what I created you for. It completely transformed me. So I've always been good at like speaking to people, connecting with people. I was a drug dealer. And in I was good at networking. And so now I see those things that I used to do when I was selling drugs and the way I would connect with people and be able to talk to them. Um, I just use those gifts for a different way. Now I can connect with people and talk to them about God and I can give them, you know, the truth of God that gives life rather than bringing death to people. Yeah. No, that's awesome, Nikki. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for being so open with your story too. Of course. I know you see it as a tool to help people have a, a different experience of who God might be in their own lives. So thank you for that. Let me ask you a question. Um, Paul is writing to churches. He's like writing to his friends. And he's got a lot of maybe not so easy things to say. Definitely. But he's also got some really encouraging things to say. Ultimately, it always comes back to the gospel, the good news. And I think his heart is really for for the church and for for people to live and love like Jesus would, right? Like right. so for you, what sticks out most about Paul and what he's saying and what's like most personal what what is hardest for you to hear? What what's the thing that encourages you most? Like give me a little bit of that. So Paul expects a lot of us as Christians, yeah. but he also tempers that expectation. Like he gives us the the way that we should live and he doesn't sugarcoat any of it. Like and he makes us realize that I could be living a substandard Christian life because I'm denying the power of Christ, be it inadvertently or blatantly, mm-hmm. right? We might not know that we're denying the power of Christ in this, but a lot of times we get comfy in our sin. And Paul isn't the type of person to allow you to be comfortable in your sin. He's the type to say, no, Christ has given you the power to do the things he asks you to do. And what does Christ ask us to do, right? He asks us to live a holy and submitted life to him. Mm-hmm. So those, for me, is it's the hardest to hear that like, no, you're all right, but you can't stay a baby Christian forever. <laughs> like you need to grow up. I think he puts it like, stop drinking milk. It's time to eat the meat. <laughs> you yeah. know, like you need to grow up as a Christian and you need to hold yourself accountable in Christ as mm-hmm. a Christian. So that's hard to hear. But then he also, he, he boasts in his weaknesses as well. And that for me is something that I find so much comfort in because mm. Not only does he say you could be better, but he understands that it's a growing process. 
and yeah. he allows for that growth in you. So that's what I find comfort in. And he, I could always relate to him when, you know, he says, I do the things that I don't want to do and I don't do the things that right. I want to do. Like, <laughs> I'm just the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And I feel like that. And there's nothing wrong with saying, yeah, I suck at life sometimes, but if I pray and I stay and I abide in Christ, I don't have to stay that way. Right. And one thing, too, about Paul, just as he as he travels, as he visits different areas, uh, different people groups, different cultures, uh, and he writes about this even, that, that he's kind of become all things to all people yes. so that the message can be proclaimed best or most in the yes. most efficient way possible. Uh, what what would you say to somebody that like struggles with that idea that maybe maybe he's changing his tactics or he's using using other resources that aren't scripture to share the gospel? You know, at the end of the day, and Paul says this too, as long as the gospel is preached, mm-hmm. nothing else matters. Because there were, he was coming into contact with people that would scrutinize, like, well, my teaching is from Paul, and my teaching is from this person, mm-hmm. my teaching is... And it's not about the person at all. And I love that he just takes that out of it, takes you out of it. You meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't... He hung out with people that maybe just like Jesus, that maybe, you know, some of the very stoic old time church goers would be like, no, you better be careful. You hang out at the barbershop long enough, you're going <laughs> right. to get a haircut. But he <laughs> fully believed that Christ in him could sustain him in environments that weren't necessarily Christian. Like, mm-hmm. I work in politics. I work in democratic politics. And a lot of people are like, you can't be a Democrat and be a Christian. And yeah. I'm like, that. what would Jesus really say to that? You know right. what I mean? At the end of the day, you go where God places you and even if people have different beliefs than you if you get to know people and you share your belief with them all god expects you to do is plant that seed Mm -hmm. what they do with it is fully within their rights yeah and i i I love that you brought up kind of where you're at and what you do for a living professionally uh, because that's a great example of (laughs) of learning how to to talk a language but communicate the gospel in a way that maybe is uncomfortable for some of us uh question about the letters themselves why why are these included in scripture right like they're they're not the gospel they're not jesus they're not historical in the sense of like the old testament they're letters maybe you've written letters to friends or family maybe you know like how yeah, why yeah. why are they here why did they get approved to be a part of the Bible. The beauty of these letters is that they are absolutely necessary for the continuity, the historical continuity of Christian life. Because these letters are practical mm-hmm. and they transcend time. They they might be written, like if you got the King James Version, you know, it might be written all backwards and you might have to look at different <laughs> versions to under, get the real understanding of what it says. But they're practical things. They're, they're telling you how to live. They're telling you how to conduct yourself as a Christian in a world that might be in complete opposition to how you're living. Like mm-hmm. in Ephesus, Ephesus would have been the modern day New York City. 
Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they had, they worshipped goddesses like Artemis, I believe, was the main goddess that they worshipped at the time. So he was writing to these Christians to say that you are going to live this life that is different than everything around you. And mm-hmm. this is how you live that life. And then he also wrote these letters to kind of let you know what rules are important and why are the rules there? So, like, there was issues that came up with circumcision. Mm-hmm. Um, there was issues that came up with certain people eating certain meats. And right. both Paul and Peter got revelations on that, that, you know, it it's not about the rule that you're keeping. It's why you're keeping this rule. Mm-hmm. And when you're in Christ, you are completely free. Now, that's not like a ticket to licentiousness where you can do whatever you want. Right. But it allows for God to be who God is, and that is ever-creating, ever-changing. Though, And that's the, that's the hard part for people to understand. A constant God that is ever-changing, that he is both 100% constant and 100% fluid. Yeah. And Paul beautifully points these things out by getting to the real meat and potatoes of it all. Like, <laughs> the meat and potatoes. <laughs> he definitely, like, you know, some of his things that he says are hard to hear, like um, when he talks about women, perhaps. If you mm-hmm. look at it um, in today's culture, it's kind of like, he was a hater. Yeah. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, he if you look at it in its context, he wanted there to be order in the house. He wanted, he didn't want people, anybody just randomly speaking up. He wanted there to be order when there was teaching going on. So he wrote instructions for how a pastor should live his life, how a regular layperson should live their mm-hmm. life, how we should love one another. And those are all things that can be applied today. Yeah. And if Paul was here today... What would he say? Would his letters change? Would would they be more encouraging? More, uh, <laughs> what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, more pointed. I'll say it that way. More direct. Like, what do you what do you think Paul would say to the church today? I'm definitely going to remind you of what I said at the beginning of this: that Paul was a beast, and that's what we say in the hood when you're just you're something else, right? Yeah. So Paul. Paul would not have changed his message at all. And that's why they're in the scripture is because they are something that transcends time and nothing is new under the sun. So every Mm -hmm. sin, every temptation that we encounter today was encountered back then. It might have been dressed differently, but it was in its essence the same. And Paul probably would have had a lot of firm words for today's church because we have, just like the circumcision law, just like the law about what foods can be eaten, we have taken the laws, like the Pharisees, and we have turn them into something that actually pushes people away from Christ rather than showing them the overcoming power of Christ. And I think that is the big thing. Like as Christians, we are expected to live differently. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we sugarcoat the message because we want followers or we don't want to rock the boat or we don't want to be ostracized. But Paul would leave no room for that. He would say that these are the laws of God. And yes, they are different. And yes, they are setting you apart. But they are not on you to keep. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, all that is required of you is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And when you do those things, when you abide in Christ, whatever transformation needs to be done in your life will be done in your life. Mm -hmm. And it's not for people to transform you. 
It's not for your pastor to change you or our teacher to change you. The Holy Spirit changes you. And I think he would have reminded people of that. Like, you're going to fall short. Yeah, these are the rules. And they're hard. And you're going to fall short. But that's why Christ was here. Yeah. Well, this, this series, it's going on all summer. It's called Postcards from Paul. Nikki has had a significant hand in, in putting together the, the, the background documents, I guess I'll call it, the, yeah. the foundational pieces. She's done a lot of the research. She's written up all the, the notes that we're using to put these messages together throughout the summer. So we'll, we'll hear from her again. Um, and if you want to join us on a Sunday morning, you're always welcome. We meet at the Oak Creek Community Center right off of Howell near the Oak Creek High School. Uh, 10 a.m. You're always welcome there. And if you can't make it, if you're listening from a distance or you're traveling or whatever the situation might be, you can always check it out on demand on our website, 1128community.org. This summer, though, postcards from Paul, we're hoping to to be encouraged and maybe called out a little bit, putting ourselves in this place to learn uh, what it means to live and love like Jesus and and how Paul... uh, hopes that that would be lived out in us. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again real soon. See ya!